Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Off Air with Carmen. A couple of weeks ago, I did a podcast on functional medicine with Alex and Amanda. And oh my word, that has been one of the most listened to podcasts that I have done. And because of that, I really think you're going to be interested in this one today. You're going to meet Temple Stewart. And Temple and I go to church together. She's married to Ross. And they just adopted their first little baby girl, Ellie, who is so cute. And they're pregnant with their second right now and going to have that baby in March. So she's going to be a mom of two in just a couple of weeks. The thing that I want you to know about Temple is she is a wealth of knowledge, especially in the ketogenic world. And she's definitely a must follow on Instagram. So here's my conversation with Temple. I'm excited about my guest today, Temple. Yes, thank you thank for you. being here. Okay, a couple things up front. Um, and I know you're going to get this question. I'm sure you've gotten this your whole life, but you just have to answer it one more time. Where did your mom get your name? Oh, I, <laughs> that's a great question. And I yeah. wish there was a really cool story. Okay. There's honestly not. Okay. My mom and my dad like went back and forth and she just liked the name Temple. There's, I think she had like a childhood friend or something, but okay. she didn't want to tell me that. Uh-huh. So it's really nothing special, but I am appreciative for it because it is unique. It and is I don't so... get confused with anyone. Yeah. You know? I love your name. Yeah, I love your you. name. So Temple, as I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, she is our location pastor's wife. And I came to to find your Instagram, which is what we're, you know, what we're going to be here talking about today, because you're you're a registered dietitian. Tell me, tell me your exact like your field. Sure. Yeah. So I am a clinically and conventionally trained registered dietitian. So I learned um, how to work in a hospital, how to work with chronic disease, how to work with medications there. And so that's kind of how I got into the ketogenic lifestyle. I, I really got into nutrition with just growing up as an athlete. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like what sparked my whole fuel for health. Mm-hmm. And so that's what kind of pushed me into the the nutrition realm. So we go to Radiant Church. We go to the same yeah. church. And Ross, your husband, was our new location pastor. And so I remember Haley and Abby coming home because I, I think they were at that particular service. And they came home and said, we've got a new location pastor. And I, you know, like we all do, it's like, oh, let me go see. And <laughs> And so then I came across your Instagram and just with a quick scroll, number one, your name caught my attention. I'm like, oh, that's beautiful. Um, your hair to die for. <laughs> Literally, I love your hair. Thank you. Um, and then just to scroll and just to see that you and I share a lot in common just when it comes to health journey as far as um, keto lifestyle, common mistakes. Yep. You had talked about, um, you know, functional medicine and we're yeah. going to get to all of that. But that's kind of what. I just I just remember being on your Instagram for quite some time and you just had really great information on there. You do a good job. Yeah, with that. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's definitely I would say, quote unquote, unconventional. But yeah. I think that that's where health is turning anyway. It so is. it's so important that we focus on a lot of those things. So I'm glad that you're interested in it. Yeah, yeah I, it, it's a huge passion. Yeah, you can tell it comes through. OK, before we get into all of that stuff, let's talk family for a couple okay. of minutes. Yeah. So I hear that you and Ross have a great story as far as how you met, how quickly you got married, yeah. like when you knew you knew. So yeah. tell us. So I'll start with saying neither of my parents are in the Tampa Bay area. So my mom, I was born and raised in South Mississippi, and then my dad is in New Mexico. So when I met Ross, of course, we met at Radiant. So Uh I was serving at our South Tampa location, and we met there. And, 
you know, it took him a couple of weeks to ask me on a date, but I knew it was coming, which is kind of funny. Uh, you can kind of just know. And uh-huh. so he asked me on a date and I can remember specifically my quiet time is I wrote, I think I just met my husband. Thank you. And it was just a wild, like never would I have thought. And so I didn't really think too much about it. But after our first date, um, you know, you just kind of know. And I hate the cliche saying when you know, you know, because yeah. it's terrible. But that's exactly yeah. what happened. And, you know, within what was it three months we were engaged and five months married so So from your first date date, to engaged yep three months three months and I'll say there's some factors that played into that so like my family had come to visit and Mm -hmm. so they rarely got to Florida and so they were able to meet him within that three months and Ross was able to ask my dad which was kind of another you know Mm -hmm. like okay maybe but you know um of course he got his blessing and it was definitely one of those things you just know that uh, you know, the Lord provides when he mm-hmm. does and the timing was so right. And, mm-hmm. you know, I always say this was the best decision I've ever made. So, wow. yeah. We're so 12. from dating to your wedding day, what's the time span? Five months. Five months. Yeah, five wow. months. Yeah, it I was definitely that. nerve wracking. But again, like yeah. everything. Okay. You know, so tell well. us about sweet little Ellie. Yeah. So we got married relatively quickly and then within a year we had we so from the very beginning of our marriage I always told him that I wanted to adopt because I'm adopted myself so it like was always on my heart and he was just like yeah I'm down like it's Mm -hmm. it's the right thing to do let's do it and so we've had four foster kids total um and Ellie was our fifth Mm -hmm. and we just knew so so the the way that we knew was someone asked us to babysit her and just within like I mean an hour or two we were like wow this is a really cool kid we Mm -hmm. could you know we didn't really know her story we didn't know she would be up for adoption or anything like that and um so that's how we kind of got introduced to Ellie and it's a long wait and anybody that's ever done the adoption process there's so many things that are just up in the air completely. Mm-hmm. You don't know, you don't know if she's even available. Like you don't know mm-hmm. their story. There's just a lot of wait time in that system. And so we met her that way and then we found out she she was up for adoption and we were just like, "Oh, we've got to pursue this." So one thing led to another and we kind of got her in the house as an adoptive placement and we ended up waiting about a year fully to get her adopted, uh, maybe around 10 months to get mm-hmm. her fully completely adopted, but she's too um, she's got the biggest and the best personality. She has never met a stranger, so she's more it. social than both of us combined, I think. And yeah, it's just, it was a wild ride, but yeah. worth it. So you have a heart for foster care. Yes. Obviously. Mm-hmm. So if someone was listening right now, what would you say to encourage them to at least explore? I would say you don't have to commit to anything. Just take the classes. Mm. You know, I think that was the first step. And a lot of people have a lot of um, confusion around foster care, what it entails, the responsibilities, but the classes and we're, we're licensed through a door of hope, which is an incredible Christian agency mm-hmm. here in the Tampa Bay area. Mm-hmm. And we took the classes and that kind of solidified it, but it also gives you a chance to ask questions like, Hey, mm-hmm. am I able to choose the ages or the male or female, you know, and all these questions were answered. So I think getting in contact with your lo- local licensing agency and just Get some info, take the classes. Again, it's not a commitment, but it will, you know, at least give you some knowledge on it. And there's just such a need for Christian there's foster homes. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's really. I've heard the statistic for quite some time now that if one family, you probably know this, you've probably heard it too, being in foster care. Yeah. But if one family in every church, and, you know, I know it for the state of Florida, but it, 
could probably be said for the state of Georgia, the state of Alabama, yep. all the places where, you know, our listeners are listening to this podcast. But if one family in every church in the state of Florida or fill in the blank state adopted one child yep. in that state, there would be no children in yep. foster care. Yep, I've so heard. it's a problem that can be solved. It can. It can absolutely be solved. And I, and a, a part of me thinks maybe people just don't know that mm-hmm. there's that many kids in care. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the opioid epidemic and even COVID-19 taking them out of schools and then putting them back in schools so there was abuse at home, it's just uh, it's a huge problem. And mm-hmm. I, I can't remember if Florida ranks number two or number three, but it's very high in the mm-hmm. list of kids in care right whether foster kids or in need of a a forever home Mm. so yeah okay so you are expecting eight months pregnant oh my (laughs) goodness yeah yeah. it happened quick so um do you think that you guys will continue to foster even after you have yeah yeah this will be just a way of life for y'all totally and you know when we took our first set of foster kids it was a set of three siblings Mm. and we had not been parents before and i feel like after those kids we can really handle anything (laughs) anything Anything. at this point yeah like the idea Uh, of a newborn is like yeah no it's going to be hard but yeah after those three i really i feel confident and there will always be a bed at our house i'm not sure if i'll take three again but definitely we have some dear friends that lived in alpharetta forever and they had foster kids that came through and it was always so sad because the day that they had to and and, and the whole the whole goal is always reunification with the parents but it was just always so sad so was it i mean what's it like to what do you say to the, yeah. the little ones looking at you and just say, it's time to go back to mom and dad? Like, what does that day look like? So it was really, it's really bittersweet. Like you said, it's sad, but then you're also like, Rooting okay, this them. is closure for yeah. them. Or not necessarily closure, but this is like their next mm-hmm. step. Yeah. But yeah, I'll admit it was, it was very hard. We had the set, uh, the first set we had was almost, a, uh, almost a year and a half. And mm-hmm. so we were really attached to them. Um, we love them. You know, their littlest was two at the time and you know, I don't think that you really know what to say. It's like, hey, we love you. We're always here for you. I can remember making them like a little memory book of mm. all our pictures and kind of, you know, they I had their school awards and all the things that they did while they were with us. And just um, I, the way that Ross and I kind of closed it out was just like, we're always here for you. If you ever need anything, mm-hmm. please know that this is a safe spot and mm. you are always welcome to call us. And the oldest was eight. So she was able to Understand. kind of comprehend what was yeah. going on. Yeah. Uh, so it was hard. It was making a really me emotional. Hard, I know thinking about it was a hard day. And, and I'm sure. Um, uh. And she, and she calls me sometimes it, it, you know, it, it really is. But I always know that yeah. those kids were introduced to Christ That's and right. That's that was right. our goal yes. the whole time. Amen. So, Amen. Yeah. okay. Well, now that we've gotten to know you a little bit, let's, uh, let's go back. I didn't realize that you were adopted. Yeah, I was adopted. So as a baby. when did you find out? I mean, when did your parents tell you that you were adopted? Yeah. So I found out, I think I was maybe 10, 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. I wasn't old. I don't think that at that age you even get it really. Yeah. I don't, I didn't really get it till I was probably 18 or not, honestly, yeah. the concept, Older. but you don't, and this may be my own personal experience, but you don't really see anything different. And I was raised in a Christian household and my parents loved me and I knew they were proud of me mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. It, I, I didn't get the concept that, oh, I'm not necessarily from my mom, but yeah. I was loved nonetheless. Right. And um, so they told me and I got it. And, um, you know, it was all fine. Like, I've never I've never had any resentment or any like any issues from mm-hmm. it. And I know that's not the same for everyone, but, you know, they my parents provided exactly what they needed. And I and adoption is such an unselfish like when you yes. give a child up for adoption. That's right. That's right. It is so unselfish. And you that's really right. are loving that child mm-hmm. more than 
yeah. you can barely imagine. Yeah. You know, I can't even imagine giving up my child knowing that they had something, you yeah. know, in store. So it was awesome. And I, I think that's where my heart for adoption came from, yeah. for sure. Well, let's talk a little bit about your health journey. So for me, and you and I talked a little bit before we started recording, I mean, I have, I was always, and I don't know if this is your story or not, but I was always that chunky kid yeah. in elementary school. Yeah. I mean, I can remember, I think I talked about this on another podcast, but I can remember like on school picture day, I was always at the back of the line with the boys. I was the chunkiest and the tallest. Yep. And so I've just always struggled with my, my weight. weight. It's just been, it's always been an anchor. It's always been that monkey on my back. And I have tried everything like and you and I were laughing about it because I was like, and what's the thing that you would take the shots? And you're yes. like, HCG. Yes. Um, but yeah. I've done Jenny Craig. I've done Weight Watchers. I've done, you know, the meal plans. Yep. I've done it all. I can even remember uh, having a, there was one thing that I did in high school one time where it was like half a cup of cottage cheese, three pears, two hot dogs. Like this was Something. a legit thing that yeah. was written out. Yeah. Um. So I was just always... Up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Mm-hmm. And then obviously after I had my two daughters, it just, I really struggled with it. So right. what has been your story? Has it been your whole life or was it just when you got older? Because I know you said you were an athlete. Yeah. So it, no, it was really relatively recent. So okay. I grew up in sports. I played college soccer and I, I didn't have any issues actually until the year that I stopped playing soccer and went into my fellowship as a dietitian here at the VA hospital. Um, And that's when everything just completely hit the fan. And there were some red flags before of like, okay, this could be some Mm -hmm. hormonal issues. There might be something going on. But I always chalked it up to being an athlete. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that messes with your cycles and all this other stuff. But yeah, so it really hit me my first year of an internship at a hospital. And when I say hit me, it hit me like a brick wall. Like Mm. I all the thyroid issues we could name, you know, the hair falling out, the dry mm-hmm. skin, the mm-hmm. extreme fatigue, everything. And then it just literally probably 35, 45 pounds came on overnight, it seems like. And that's when I knew something's up. Like mm-hmm. there's something really deeper that I that I don't know. It's not just lack of exercise from right. not playing soccer anymore. Yeah. There's something going on. Yeah. So was it then that you went and saw a functional medicine doctor or did you just, did you try a bunch of different things? I first? tried a bunch of different okay, things. Okay, so, so just kind of walk us through Yeah, that. so obviously I'm, I'm schooled to be a dietitian. So this was mortifying to me because mm-hmm. I'm like studying how to be healthy and I knew I'm not, I'm not healthy, like something's yeah. wrong. And so I did all the, the food things I knew to even begin, you know, the shakes, the smoothies, very similar, you know, more veggies, all the stuff that we like learn. Uh, training as a dietitian, and then I started to see doctors because I knew I, I knew deep down there was something hormonally something off. Yeah. And the first endocrinologist I got uh, referred to was like, "Oh, you definitely have PCOS and a thyroid issue. Like, no questions asked." But it kind of left it at that. Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, well, that's great, but like, what what do I do? Like, what's yeah. the next step?" And so I I kind of doctor shopped, which this sounds terrible, but <laughs> you know I, lo- I looked yeah. around yeah. because I wasn't pleased with just a prescription mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. oh you know you're kind of stuck with this for the rest and of just your life. Tell everyone just because I'm not as familiar with PCOS, mm-hmm. so tell everyone what that is. Yeah, so it's polycystic ovarian syndrome, and it's the leading cause of infertility in women. Got it. So it's essentially diabetes of the ovaries. Oh, yeah, okay. it's very closely linked to insulin resistance. Um, Wow. I mean, it is insulin resistance for a lot of people. Okay. So, and it's very closely linked to Hashimoto's as well, which is the thyroid issue that right. I have. See, I'm Hashimoto's too, yeah. which I'm not now, praise the Lord, yeah, because amen. of my In remission, yeah. yeah, which but is so, awesome. So you had PCOS yep. and Hashimoto. And Hashimoto's, okay. yeah. And so... So you doctor shopped. 
doctor shopped. They basically give you the same thing for PCOS, um, you know, metformin and birth control and kind of just you live with it. You need mm-hmm. to lose weight, eat less. And, you know, all the, the conventional yeah, things. Yeah, all the Here's things. the food pyramid. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I just was not satisfied with that answer. And mm-hmm. um, so I finally came into contact with a functional medicine physician and uh, well, a nurse practitioner in St. Mm-hmm. Pete. And she. I should say before that, I started to discover, kind of go my own path. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I would always say I've always been kind of unconventional. I'm always curious and I like want to learn for myself why I'm following something or Mm -hmm. doing something some Mm -hmm. way. And I came across the book Obesity Code because I knew of the insulin resistance. Yes. Yes. And so that was the first book that really made me question like, wait, am I learning what's truly healing me? Or is it, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And Mm so... That's when I started to investigate the lower carb lifestyle and the ketogenic lifestyle. And so I would say it was about a year into that when I finally got with this functional medicine nurse practitioner. And from then on, it was just a complete game changer. So she got me the the nutrients I needed that right. I was lacking on. She got me the lab test I needed that I couldn't get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I knew, OK, this is where things change. And, and it was the same for me. Isn't it amazing how they can draw blood and draw all those vials yep. and your blood just tells them Everything. Everything. Yeah. Everything. And what I appreciate the most Mm -hmm. is that they dig really deep. So Mm -hmm. it's not just like, oh, this is a normal lab test. This is what normal people read. It's like, no, like, let's figure out deeper. Like, I want to know mineral up vitamin levels like all these things that Mm -hmm. are just so much deeper than you get with conventional Mm -hmm. medicine Mm -hmm. so i just want to say up front before we get into talking about the ketogenic diet for those of you listening i don't think temple nor myself we're not advocating never eating a sweet potato (laughs) again the rest of your life it is not like that at all i just know that for me and i can safely speak for my oldest daughter haley And I think you will echo this is that a lower carb and maybe ketogenic for season or however long that needs to be strategically. um, Strategically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That that we're not saying, you know, no to sweet potatoes or whatever. But but I will say that keto eating lower carb and intermittent fasting along with my functional medicine nurse practitioner, Alex, those three things together have given me the answers at 49 years old that I have been searching for since I was 10. Completely agree. I mean, amen, amen, amen. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that's part of the reason I reached out to you as well is because again, looking at your Instagram, I'm like, this girl, she gets it. She's, we're walking the same, the same journey. Yeah. And more and more people are realizing it. And the reason the ketogenic diet and intermittent fasting and and using carbs strategically works so well is because it addresses the fat storage hormone insulin and it addresses insulin resistance. It addresses inflammation. So those are really the things that cause the most problem and wreak the most havoc. So if someone's listening right now and they don't know what insulin resistance is, tell them. Yeah. So insulin is a First of all, insulin is an incredibly important hormone, and I don't want people to think of it in a negative light because it does so many functions mm-hmm. in the body. But when insulin goes haywire and your cells don't accept it anymore mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. what we call insulin resistance. And so essentially your body's just not using insulin correctly. Mm-hmm. And insulin, again, I call it the fat storage hormone because it's the primary driver of fat growth, the fat cell growth, as well as storage. And Mm -hmm. so you cannot lose weight no matter what you do do. in the presence of excessive insulin. It just is impossible. And I think that's why so many people struggle is they don't address 
the real the real culprit. Right. And the obesity code, and we'll put this in the show notes, but that book, I've not read through the whole thing. I've done like, I almost read it like a textbook. I'll yeah. read a little bit here and a little bit yeah. there, but it is a game changer Complete game for changer. so many. So just talk about overall from a 30,000 foot view, talk to, talk to whoever's listening right now are the same people that would, you'd be talking to on your Instagram account. Yeah. Like if, if they're struggling, just tell them where to start. Like talk to them about what a ketogenic, you know, lifestyle would look like. Yeah. So essentially the ketogenic diet is just a, a lower carb diet, but the, really the first and foremost thing that I tell all my clients and anyone that I come in contact with is what's doing you the most damage is the processed sugar. It's, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a sweet potato, although that is metabolized very, very similar, very but similarly, yeah. you have to get rid of the, pro- like the sodas, the sweet tea, the cake, the candy, the desserts, the things that you know are loaded with sugar because that is excessive carbohydrate consumption, which carbs are, sugars. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing that really has to go. And so that's one of my first recommendations. If you want to get healthy, you've got to take those back a little bit, Mm -hmm. Um, especially if they're processed, you Mm -hmm. know, if they're not coming from a root vegetable, etc. But so processed carbs are really the first first to go. And making sure that you're eating enough protein at meals, as well as, you know, getting the non starchy vegetables are like my top three things. But Mm -hmm. by far, number one Mm -hmm. is the sugar's just gotta sugar's go. Just gotta go. gotta go. Yeah. So talk a little bit about your personal journey. So you find your functional medicine nurse practitioner. Yep. Mm-hmm. You get on, I'm, sh- I'm sure, probably vitamin D. Yep. Vitamin and, selenium. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so the and then you started changing your diet at the same time, mm-hmm. or how did how did that come along? Because I know that I've seen you post your before and after pictures, yeah. which is remarkable. Yeah. So talk yeah, about yeah. that. So. Yeah, I found my functional medicine doctor and I had already been dabbling in keto for a little bit. So Mm -hmm. I had already started to see the results and uh, like you can see them very quickly. Insulin Mm -hmm. resistance will reverse itself very, very rapidly. Mm -hmm. And when you take away that inflammation and again, that insulin resistance results happen quick. So like the excessive facial hair that happens with PCOS and the things, the thyroid fatigue that started to go away very rapidly. So by Mm. the time I got to my functional medicine doctor, I felt like at that point we just needed to tweak. Gotcha. And that's when she recommended the, you know, the vitamin D3, making sure I get selenium and zinc and all of these, Mm -hmm. these whole food things um, and nutrients. And, and also one thing I should say too, because I know a lot of women, again, it's the leading cause of infertility. And I want people to know, especially with PCOS, is that your only option a lot of times when you go to a conventional doctor, they always say you're going to have trouble getting pregnant. Like mm-hmm. you're going to have mm-hmm. problems. You need to come back when you're ready and we can go ahead and start the IVF and all the other stuff. And mm-hmm. there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But there are other alternatives for treatment there. Well, the thing about it is, is that you suffer from PCOS. Yeah. And we mentioned just a couple of minutes ago, you are very pregnant. <laughs> you yeah, are yeah, so yeah. pregnant. So. Yeah. And so that was kind of the conversation I had with my functional medicine doctor mm-hmm. was like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I'm, I'm married at this point. I'm feeling much better. I had lost, you know, probably 20 pounds at that point, but more than the weight, it was like, you know how you feel when you like know you're healing from the mm-hmm, inside out. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt. Yeah. Like I was energized. My skin was clear. My hair was growing back. Like all the things that were going so wrong before were mm-hmm. really reversed. And mm-hmm. so then that was the conversation that was next was like, Hey, um, you know, what, what do you think? What is your opinion on my track for having a baby? And we weren't necessarily trying, but we weren't not trying, if you know what I mean. So, um, she was just like, you know, heal your body and then we can talk about that. And again, that was one of those things that I left in God's hands. And I was like, you know, your timing is best. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, within about a year, 
I got pregnant, which is mm. really, you know, it's wild how cool your body is yeah. and complex. So what was that like? I mean, so you weren't expecting that you would be pregnant. No, not at so all. So tell us about yeah, that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was really interesting because at the time, the day that I found out I was pregnant, I was actually attending, this is going to sound really sad, but I was attending the funeral of my grandfather, mm. and which is, I've heard so many people come out of the woodwork and tell me that a lot of times it happens like that, like Mm -hmm. in your saddest, one of your Mm -hmm. saddest moments of 2020, Mm -hmm. I found out I was pregnant, but you know, some things were just not feeling right. The, the, the couple of weeks leading up to it. And I jokingly said to my husband, wouldn't it be funny if I was pregnant, you know, and we like laughed back and forth about it. And my mom, when I walked into the house, like I said, she's from Mississippi and she looked at me and she, she said, Temple, you're pregnant. <gasps> yeah. Can you believe ah! it? She said, Temple, you're pregnant. And I'm like, that's the way we do it in the South though. I I'm know. from Alabama. Yeah, that's... They, they just know. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, mom. And I laughed about it. And she was so dead set that she went and bought a pregnancy test. I kid you not. And after the funeral and I was like, I took it out of like, well, sure. Mom, sure. I'll do okay, this. You right, know? Yeah. And it literally <gasps> showed pregnant. And I was like, I can remember just saying Ross, like just completely like what is happening, you know, but again, I, I, that was something that I left completely into God's timing. And I also knew that my body was well capable of healing Mm -hmm. and holding and carrying Mm -hmm. a baby. So yeah, it was really wild. It was, that was definitely a 2020 moment Moment. that I will never forget. Well, you're just a walking living testimony that there are answers. Totally. And I had, um, Amanda, you've, you and I've yeah, talked about Amanda yeah, yeah. and Alex. She's my functional um, medicine registered nurse. But I and I think that's the whole reason why I wanted to reach out to you and to reach out to them is I just want women to know yeah. there's hope. There is. So if there's someone listening right now that's just hopeless, they've got that 25, 30 pounds. And I want please hear me say, too that Temple and I are not saying it's all about weight. It's about feeling good. Like I'm at a place now. Yes, I want to lose some more weight, but I'm at a place now where I feel so good. My, I was so anemic, Temple. Like you don't, I got more iron infusions last year. I changed, I got iron infusions like I changed underwear. I mean, I was just just getting iron infusions constantly. And it was so funny because Dave and Bill would tease me and say, are you going to get another fill up today? Yeah, I'm going to get my fill up. But I feel so good now. And I had been anemic my whole life that I just had come to just accept that that's just how I would always feel. Right. So just give give people hope who are listening. Yeah. And I love that you have that and there is always hope and I and I completely agree and even when I just felt my worst I knew that there were answers and I knew that I would eventually find them mm-hmm. no matter how many doctors I went through no matter how many books I read um, there are alternative therapies there are all people that you can see and so I just want to say don't give up mm-hmm. um, if you know something's not right in your body don't settle for a pill don't set and that may be what you need at the time but don't right. settle because I am on a low dose same. of thyroid medication yeah. right now and proud of it. And, and, and proud it feels of it. great. And it feels great. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, 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 yes. So totally. And I'm totally okay with that. But there are also things that can supplement that. There are mm-hmm. things that can support that. And there are people out there that have the knowledge and can help. So, you know, don't give up. Just keep yeah. looking. Keep searching for answers. And to, to read the book, The Obesity Code. Oh, To for look sure. into the ketogenic diet. For sure. The lower carb diet. Yep. Look into insulin resistant. Yeah. So say you've been eating keto for a while and it just doesn't seem to be working. Yeah. You post this quite a bit. 
bit, and it's so it's great. Yeah. Um, what are some of the mistakes that people make on the ketogenic diet? Yeah. So number one, and I, I probably hope this is on my post, but listening to your body. So women's hormones are so sensitive mm-hmm. to a lot of things, mm-hmm. and so if you're following keto or low carb or anything for that matter, and you don't feel right, seek out a professional mm-hmm. to help you because, like like we've said multiple times, it is not something that you need to completely cut out carbs for the rest of your life. It's all about using them strategically. But with the ketogenic diet, what a lot of people do is they lean very heavily on keto products found in the stores that are full of just inflammatory sugars and ingredients, all kinds of stuff. And then people tend to undereat on keto. So keto is very powerful and it works on your hunger and fullness hormones Mm -hmm. and it makes you feel very full. Yes. So one of the most common things that I see with women is they undereat because they feel full, which is good in a way, but also Mm -hmm. can be damaging long term. Yeah. So that's one. Also not getting enough electrolytes. With mm-hmm. the ketogenic diet, you're, you lose water, and it's not a bad thing, but mm-hmm. you, you lose a lot of water, and you need to replenish those electrolytes. And I would say nine times out of ten when people don't feel good mm-hmm. on keto, it's because they're too low in electrolytes. So tell me, so I know I see you post from time to time about your groups. Like, I, I don't know if you, do you have monthly groups that you? Yeah. Okay. Tell me about so that. So they're two months. I run a group every two months okay. and it's, oh, I do, I just see women and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I basically teach them all things keto, but I also dive a lot into hormonal activity, sleep, stress. Okay. I try to address the whole spectrum just because it all kind of plays mm-hmm. into each other yeah. in a way. Yeah. So yeah, I, I run groups. They're all virtual and um, I just help women, guide women on that path to weight so loss. So anybody listening anywhere can become part anywhere. of Anywhere. Okay, yeah. so we are going to yeah, put yeah. your information in the show notes. That would be great. So if you want to get in touch with Temple, definitely yeah. let her be a resource for you. Yeah. Um, is there anything that I've not asked that we that we need to let people know? No, I, ju- I, I just really appreciate you bringing me on. And yeah. I think that, you know, if you're listening and you're having issues, just again, I just want to reiterate the hope that th- yeah. that is available and that's there and that you can find help. I think, well, let's talk about really fast intermittent fasting. So oh, what do yeah. you typically do? Like so, I've, mine's, well, I don't want to say because I kind of I kind of <laughs> freak us. people out. I, I mean, I, I kind of go like on a 24, not like 24, yeah. but I like do 20 hours and a four hour eating I window, think- like a two to six yeah. Um, is typically my window. But yeah. I know people hearing that, they go, yeah. you're starving yourself. No, no, I'm not. No, it's just not. an eating schedule. Yeah. And on the weekends, I'll go a little longer. Yeah. Um. So I, before yours? I was pregnant, mm-hmm. I don't intermittent fast now Um. and probably won't till I'm done breastfeeding. But yep. I typically did something very similar. So yeah. I would do a 24 or sometimes even do a full 24 hour yeah. fast. Yeah, me too. So the, again, the thing is, is when you start fasting, you have to start slow. So I would never tell somebody, hey, Mm -mm. especially if you're not um, on a keto low carb diet, it's Mm -hmm. very difficult to intermittent fast. So I usually tell people start kind of like at the 14 hour, uh, you know, fasting yeah exactly 16 8 tops and then see where your body takes you some Mm -hmm. people are able to increase that Mm -hmm. relatively quickly Mm -hmm. some people it takes a little bit of time but I'm very again try to be pretty intuitive with fasting and if I am saying okay I'm gonna do my 20 hour four hour Mm -hmm. window but I'm hungry yeah and I feel real true hunger I'll eat and then you know so you try to take a drink of water first to see if it's true if it's truly hunger hunger. yeah Yeah, sometimes we're just thirsty totally I'll do water with electrolytes sometimes to a Electrolytes. If you're deficient in electrolytes, it can spurge that. Hum- yeah, I don't know if that's a word, but yeah. it can I know what you mean. Spur on, spur, yeah, spur on. Yeah, on. it can make yeah. that hunger. It's a false hunger, is yes. what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I will say, we'll put this in the show notes as well. Is I was introduced to intermittent fasting 
uh, by Jen Stevens, the book um, uh, Delay, Don't Deny. Delay, Don't Deny. Yep. And then I think now it's Feast Over Fear. She's got a yeah. lot of great books. But if you're she interested does. in intermittent fasting, that's a, that's a good place to start. Yeah. Um, okay, so we'll wrap up. But I want to ask you one more question. Okay. And I hope I don't put you on the spot. It's I'm okay. just curious. I like I asking questions like this. Um, so I know your faith is so important to you. Yeah. So is there anything that 2020 or just this season in life that the Lord's teaching you or has taught you or just any just sweet, sweet things that are happening with the Lord. Yeah. So I think the sweetest thing that has happened in 2021, and I, I know some people do words and for the mm-hmm. year and, and some people think it's cliche, but my word has been grace. Mm. Um, just because 2020, I started a small business. Like there's just, I, I was doing the most. Yeah. And so 2021, I've really kind of come to the realization that I'm going to be a mom to a newborn yeah. and yeah. you know, your body kind of slows down when you're pregnant. And mm-hmm. so I think the, just what I've learned and what God's been teaching me is just give yourself grace in every aspect, mm-hmm. whether it's my career with, with my children, with my husband. So that was laid on my heart um, early January. And I've really like tried mm. to pull that in and make sure that I am giving grace yeah. to myself, but also to others. So That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, thank you for being here. Thanks for having this me. This is it's great. Yeah. And I'm going to send everybody to you uh, for help. So yeah, I'm happy to help. Thanks for offering hope. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Thanks, Temple. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I loved that conversation with Temple and just sitting on the couch exactly how I want this podcast to feel, just talking about a shared experience just with the health journey that she and I both have been walking the last couple of years. And we're so excited for the new baby. We'll be watching for when the baby's born in the next couple of weeks. But again, make sure you follow Temple on Instagram. She posts great things and a lot of information. You can see her handle in the show notes. Next week, I'm going to be sitting down with Madison and Taylor of Kane. They're two sisters, and that's going to be a fun, fun conversation. So I hope you'll join me back here next week on Off Air with Carmen.